Elvis, 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 Hey, all you kitty hawks and critters, welcome back to Elvis Has Left the Movies, the podcast series where we watch all 31 movies from Elvis, 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 Elvis. Elvis Aaron Presley. <laughs> Elvis Aaron Presley. Presley, Presley. Uh, we're basically watching all of the Elvis movies. We don't know why. At this point, we're completely lost. Um, we're coming up to next episode with a halfway special to try and articulate our like reasoning behind this why does this podcast exist maybe we will answer that question we won't the point is today we watched kissing cousins yes and we shouldn't have <laughs> it, was, it actually wasn't that bad i prepared for the worst and if you put your expectations there i've noticed yeah if you just lower your expectations way way down you actually are capable of enjoying an elvis presley movie sure so uh what's your first impression kissing cousins what was the favorite part what was, what was my first what, impression what was, but what was yeah, also what was, what was my favorite part you're bombarding yeah. me with too many questions here at once i gotta answer me twice first impression second favorite so the first impression was okay uh, that wasn't that bad it was silly yeah um and also i had like follow that dream vibes yeah and that it's it is very much kind of and well of course and there's actors that overlap with that so that helps the the, the feeling right and what was my favorite part yeah what was your favorite part i'm not gonna lie it was so <laughs> trite but the um the ICBM joke. Oh, I don't see BM. Do you see BM? Yes. I, I was like, <laughs> I like kind of chuckled. And then I was mad at myself for like even thinking that was amusing. Because it's like I so. Will, yeah. I think we're on the, yeah, I think we're on the same page. I don't know if I want to watch Kissing Cousins again. And I think the ending fell flat for me. If the, if the ending I think had just like held true a little more to the yes. concept and the theme then i think i might have liked it a bit more but it just kind of got washed out at the end i sent morgan a message right before i got into the third act and i was like you know what okay yeah but then the third act i was like oh it's kind of just it loses yeah. steam or it, just, it does yeah. yeah so uh my favorite part is actually the fucking kitty hawks okay i actually found them hilarious despite how awful they are so for those of you jumping into this movie or into this podcast, the, the Kitty Hawks are, uh, for some fucking bizarre reason that no one ever explains, a group of wild women. Mountain women. Who live in the fucking bush yeah. and call each other out into droves whenever the men folk are around and just like low-key rape them i don't know what it i don't know what it is i don't know why this concept they explicitly state that their their mission statement is that for the last 20 years there's only ever been women born only girls yeah and so they are after the men to give them boy babies <laughs> they use the term boy babies yeah so they can i don't know i don't know man. propagate a... their species it's a strange type of way. It's a strange kind of thing. But I also found them so fucking hilarious. The scene where the girls come back from the town with all the bikinis and they're all just like, 
oh my god, bikinis! And they're just like fucking rifling through bikinis and then they jump into the bush and get changed into bikinis. But when they come out in the bikinis, all of the girls are wearing the different mismatched bikini sets. Mm -hmm. Like there's one girl wearing the pants of one bikini and the other girl's wearing the top of that bikini. And I just found that really funny and like just so silly just really silly yes it's it's dialed up so much that you can't really be offended by anything in the movie yeah it wasn't quite the only thing that i found offensive was the treatment of the female army worker lady yes she was like i'm the lady of the army and they like the all the guys were standing around her being like check out her measurements and it's like oh gross Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's bad nasty yucky yucky that was lame yeah it was lame but still you know um this is not the worst Elvis movie, I think. No. Honestly. I put this, like, just below, for me, Kid Galahad. It's got that same kind of, like, fun-loving. Like, we're in the forest again, of... too, and it looks nice. Yeah, we're, we're back in the pinewood trees. I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if... Did you notice a single, like... I know that, obviously, a lot of this was sets, but there was no, like, rear projection shots. Oh, rear... Pro- well... Uh, like even when they were driving at the beginning it wasn't like they were actually legitimately driving and following them on a camera truck yeah they were driving in the area yeah i actually don't know actually now that i think about it if there was actually rear projection shots i thought that there was i'm not gonna bother going back to check but but i think think yeah yeah so yeah for the most part the movie doesn't look super bad i mean it looks like a b movie you can tell that there's sets and everything like that there was no shots where i went ooh. yeah yeah so it was like in that respect the cinematography was just functional <laughs> yeah functional yeah there to get the job done right mm-hmm. i don't know so it's not, not the worst movie but uh i don't know if i want to watch it again it was kind of like i don't know yes not worth watching again that's my story do you want to do the rundown of everything yeah let's do but let's first do, I'll, I'll yes you do the rundown this time you want me to go? Let's, Last yeah, time I let's did the rundown, it. it really went it off. It sucked. Yeah, it was really bad. Look, now I let's can't, do it again. Dance, okay. monkey, dance. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm too verbose. You are very I'm verbose. I'm too uh, loquacious when I speak. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it, Matt. I believe in you. Okay. All right. But you can't be like, come on, Matt. Let's go. Let's go. You can't rush me then if you want me to do <sighs> fine, it. Fine. <laughs> fine. I'll be good. I'll just sit around and be like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I'm just going to be saying what happens in the movie. So if you want to disagree and tell me that didn't happen. Okay, here's the synopsis, and then we'll go into the plot. All right. An army officer returns to the Smoky Mountains and tries to convince his kinfolk to allow the army to build a missile site on their land. Once he gets there, he discovers he has a lookalike cousin. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So we start. It's Washington, D.C. Got a bunch of men, army men, around a room being like, we need to build an ICBM missile base. Let's build it here at Big Smoky Mountain. And then they're like, but General, there are hillbillies there. And the last time we went there, they shot at us. He's like, oh, too bad. We need that land. So figure it out. Then they recruit this captain to do the mission. He's been stationed in many spots over many years. And he hasn't seen his wife in like three years. Yeah. And then the, the, like, the general's literally like, okay, well, you've got a seven-day ultimatum. And if you don't get us the land, I'm going to put you in Greenland. And you'll never see your wife again. And you'll again. never see your wife again. Yeah, and it was like, so geez. weird. We so also get, totalitarian. Yeah, we get a shout out to Goose Bay, Labrador as one of the places that he was stationed. Oh, is that in another of those movies? No, but it's in Canada. Oh, yeah, it's a military base in, in Labrador. So I was just like, mm. oh, it might have something to do with the writer being Canadian, but we'll get to that. Oh, so, okay. So then, well, he's like, okay, well, who am I, who am I going to get as my like right hand man to help me in this operation? Get me someone who 
was born around that area. Enter Elvis. Yes. (laughs) Surprise. It was Elvis. He's like, oh, yeah. I think my great great grandma married into the Tatums forever ago. Something like that. Right. Which is totally going to explain this plot happening, this being yeah. a thing that exists. God, they really didn't need to have this plot. They no. they super didn't. Just spoil like spoilers for everybody. The, the stick of this movie is that there's a double Elvis. There's two Elvises and they look alike. Yes. But for all intents and purposes, it was completely unnecessary. Yes. Just totally unnecessary, right? There's no reason why double Elvis needs to exist. The one at all. main thing you would do to have an actor playing twins is still at some point they do a switcheroo. And of course there's never a switcheroo. They're very definitively each other the entire time. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) For no reason. For no reason. I also would like to point out, if you think you're going to be watching a movie with Elvis on screen twice, looking at his other Elvis, you're wrong because there's only two fucking scenes in this movie where they're on screen at the same time, both being Elvis. The rest of them are like double body switches and dumbass hoot nanny shenanigans and whatever the heck. And who can we blame for that? Colonel Tom Parker, everyone. Because the optical effect needed to do like the split screen actually costs like 750 bucks per shot holy shit so that's why they literally only did it twice yeah so they cost a lot and there was only two shots and they shouldn't have done it they shouldn't have fucking done it they should have just saved that money and bought everybody in this fucking movie better outfits to wear that being said (laughs) i i like i'm a sucker for this stupid gimmick of having an actor play two parts yeah. Even though this is like a really boring example because they don't do anything with it. Yeah. But the shots where they were on screen, like there they are. And it didn't, you couldn't really <laughs> see the seam. It looked fine enough. You it wasn't like yeah, super you cheap. Can, yeah, it's true. It's true. Because I mean, we're post true. the original parent trap at this point. Are we? Wait. Oh, no. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. The original, the parent trap came out in 1961. That's when they really nailed down how to do the twin effect and it looked pretty seamless. Right. Okay. Moving on. Where are we? We're going back to the story. Oh, yes. Elvis um, winds up in the mountains with all the Yeah, guys. no, there's a line where Captain Salvo says, I don't care if you wear a bikini, just as long as we get that lease. <laughs> as soon as he said that, all I could think of was like, ooh, Elvis in a bikini? Oh, okay. Is that like really heavy-handed foreshadowing for all the bikinis we're going to see <laughs> later in the movie? Maybe. It was. Anyways, and then I wrote, Wowee, our first musical number sung by Elvis, and he's driving an army jeep. Driving a car, I know. As soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, he's going to sing. He fucking better. So, yeah. We've got like an on-running tab. I think the majority of these movies have shots of him sing. There's more Elvis movies where Elvis sings while driving something than there are not Elvis movies where Elvis sings and drives And they usually get it over with pretty early in the movie. Yeah. Including this one, literally the first musical number is him singing. It's the first, yeah, it's the first musical number. And the captain's beside him and he's not impressed, but then he starts whistling along because I guess the sheer power of the, the, and the tune's not even that great, whatever. Nope. None of the tunes in this movie are that great. I literally watched this like less than an hour ago, folks, and it's already like leaving my brain. Yeah, evaporating from our brain. Um, So then what happens, Matt? Well, I just want to point out also they're driving at like five miles per hour because like I said, they're actually driving and the camera is following them like as they're driving for once. Yeah. Not with rear projection. Also... When it closes in on a two shot of of them and he's driving, he's holding the steering wheel (laughs) super weird. He's not holding it by the ring. He's holding it by the connector bits of the wheel. That is weird. For for a shot. Elvis is going like this. I'm like pantomiming it to Morgan now, but (laughs) I know. Yeah, I was just gonna I'll probably just put up a picture (laughs) on the Twitter. That would be fun. (laughs) So yeah, so the point is Elvis arrives. 
right at the camp are you gonna are you taking the baton because you can well you're taking your good sweet i know time. i'm just saying getting all these fucking technical details get get to it man god jesus they get to the place the main driving thing is that yes they need the land and then the titans are like we don't want to give you the land we don't like the government yes like they're literally this it's like the same family from follow that dream just on the beach but like transplant them to the forest yeah so the first thing we and at least they when we get the two of them on screen they, like you said it's literally the first time they appear we get it out of the way real quick yeah who is this They're like oh this is your cousin i use me as you why'd you got my face yeah you got my face yeah yeah just so you guys know getting into this movie everyone talks like a fucking asshole like everyone in this movie is like but yuza was a says a mama was a hibadubas they're all jar jar binks yeah yes oh my god it's yeah. just we play into every hillbilly trope you can imagine moonshine and uh, all yeah, this stuff bare feet and mm-hmm. everything like that Everyone's yeah. wearing overalls with like one strap. No, 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 no. You want to talk about those fucking overalls? Okay. <laughs> Did you notice? Did you notice that that fuck? <laughs> I'm so mad. That chick is wearing her overalls backwards. I didn't notice, but I'm not surprised. She's wearing them backwards. At first I saw them and I was like, that chick's wearing her overalls backwards. And I was like, no, maybe it's a style. Maybe it's just something. And you're like, no, 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 no. She has butt pockets on the front. Okay. And she has side pockets on the butt. And on the butt, this is how I knew for certain she's fucking wearing these dumbass things backwards. On the butt is the crotch flap for the zipper seam. And on the front, there's no fucking zipper seam. So she is wearing those overalls backwards for no fucking reason. I don't know why. I, th- I think... I think they made her wear them backwards to say that she's, like, too dumb to put them on the right way. Probably. But the point, it just, it drove me mad the whole movie. Every time I saw that, the black-haired chick, I couldn't stop thinking about her dumbass backwards fucking pair of overalls. Maybe they did that to distract you from the big bazongas because this is the return of that same actress oh my God. from... I know, I know. It happened at the I know. Fair. I, I saw her big bazongas, man. <laughs> Her big Ganaga Hungalugas. Holy jeez, man. We're not going to step into the cast right away, but yeah, we got a few returning ladies from past Elvis movies. It's like an all-star. This is the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. we throw in the military. We throw in some ladies from past movies. We throw in some father figures from past movies. This is just like an, a melange. So they all just threw them together. Strange medley, yeah. Yeah. They ran out of actors. Yeah. They finally did it. They made so many Elvis movies. <laughs> they're like, shit, we don't have anybody else to act in these. Get me all the people that will agree to come back for another one if yeah. we give him a paycheck. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Elvis is on screen with Elvis. And that's when he says, we're kinfolk. We're practically kissing cousins. And he doesn't look at the screen, but he might as well have just looked at the screen yeah. and get and gone like, are you happy? <laughs> clapping. Yeah. Yeah. God, and the fucking, oh my God. The kissing cousin song is weird. Of course. It's this weird, whole right? setup. Strange. Is... Strange. It's weird. <sighs> Anyways. Let's wrestle. There's some wrestling. They go, they wrestle yeah, together for a bit. They wrestle. Yeah. Although I will say, you know, if there was ever a scene where I was going to watch Elvis on top of another Elvis, <laughs> this is not how I thought it was going to happen. No. To be sure. Of course not. <laughs> no, I thought I thought maybe I'd find myself on like Pornhub or something being like Elvis impersonator impersonates Elvis impersonator or something like that. Can you imagine an Elvis impersonator orgy? Do you think they all like get together after the show and like dogpile and say, "Uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. I mean, they'd have to, wouldn't they? 
<laughs> there's really just too should. many of them out there for this not to occur at least someplace. Uh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in Memphis or Graceland, somewhere. There's like four Elvises and it's just their thing that every year they like kiss their wife goodbye. They're like, I love you, Susie. I'll always love you, blah, blah, blah. And then they drive down to the local Elvis convention in Memphis or Graceland or wherever. And then they meet up with the other Elvis dudes and they're like, I can't contain myself. And they just jump into a pile together and like rip each other's clothes off. There's like a big auditorium. (laughs) It's like the scene from Eyes Wide Shut where Tom Cruise finds the weird cult and they're all wearing... It's like sequin, <laughs> sequin robes and big pompadours and their big sunglasses oh instead of the like masquerade masks. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Someone make All that, right. make that movie, make that yes, scene. Yes, please. Somebody draw some fan art. Do a short <laughs> film. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Then what happens? The plot continues. <laughs> so the, the army goes with Jody. Shall we? Yeah, let's. Should we talk about the names? Let's talk about Elvis's names. Yeah, Jody. I'm gonna put that somewhere in the middle, but Morgan, which is my name, is gonna go way up top. Well, he's Josh Morgan. Oh, wait, that's still pretty far up. Sure, though. Josh Morgan. Josh Morgan. The guy so nice. They named him twice. And Jody Tatum. Nice. Yeah. I do like Jody Tatum. I think they can be like pretty close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. They go hand in hand. I mean, they're literally. Yeah. So anyways, Jody takes the army dudes yeah. and Josh goes with two little ladies. Yeah, and then he sings a song. So they can jump in a hay bale and sing some and songs. Bad. Yeah. And then they And keep... that's when I realized she was wearing her pants backwards. <laughs> and it all fell apart. <laughs> it all fell Morgan's, apart. Morgan's like, Morgan was like following the plot, but then her immersion was broken when she saw these backwards overalls. Yeah, and... it was like that scene from Vertigo where he looks down and he's like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> It was just like that. It's a scar. It's like emotionally scarring. Yeah, it, it was. I'm I'm upset. All right. Yeah, there's another attack by the Kitty Hawks where we explain what the Kitty Hawks deal is. Yes, yeah. But they, after all this shenanigans, they finally set up base camp. Yep. And they talk back with the superiors. And I was like, okay, cool. This The first step is done, but you still only have like six days now. So get a move on. Yeah. Then we arrange a uh, family dinner. dinner. There's the nice yeah. Confederate flag above the fireplace. Oh, God. I didn't even see it. Yeah. Holy shit. They don't make a big fuss about it, and it's literally only in that one shot, but it's there. Well, neither should we, because uh, I just I just don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, man. Yeah. So Captain Salvo's like, mm, this is some good cooking. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's possum and, and eyeballs and just like a bunch of nonsense. Catfish guts and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes- And then he literally turns green. Yes. They, they shine a green light on him. And, and to do the effect, and he goes like, and yeah, it's really strange. We're, like, so this is where we're in a cartoon. This is a cartoon. Yeah, which is fine because if you're doing yeah. that, then it's like that is where we're at, That's so fine. we don't really have yeah. to worry about anything. Honestly, I think that does an Elvis movie good. They should do that more often because I can't fucking believe that any woman in the entire world would ever want to be around any of Elvis Presley's characters for more than two minutes. Sure, right? You know? He's not that bad in this one. His, no, his, the cousin his is. His cousin is. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll get tired of me. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll wear yourself out eventually. I'm going to get you. But this Elvis, this army Elvis, it comes off much better than G.I. Blue's army Elvis. He's back in uniform, but at uh, least yeah. he's actually being respectable. <laughs> yeah. To an extent. As much as he can be. As yeah. much as he can. This is when we get the, oh, I see. That's right. ICBM. UCBM? Well, I don't. And just like so on yeah. and so forth for that joke. A lot of, Yeah. Um, so the negotiations are at a standstill night one. So they leave it at yes. that. The next day, more singing with the two girls. Yeah. 
then he takes him out to town, right? Yes. Well, we get. Oh, yeah. There's, this is where I wrote. This is where the titular kissing of the cousins is going on because. Yes. We got Azalea and. Serena. Serena. No, Selena. I was close. Enough. You were close. So Selena and Azalea, they each kiss Elvis, but. Elvis already pretty much makes his mind. At least he's not waffling too much. He, he's going to right. go with Azalea this time. Yeah. But Selena is the older sibling, so she has to get married first because of their, their you know, family yeah. traditions. And so he... Their honor system. Yes. He, he taps his buddy. God, I hate his buddy. I hated him. Is he better or worse than Cookie? Who's Cookie? I forget Cookie. From G.I. Blues. He's better than Cookie. Cookie was like uh, taking her yeah, back to Cookie, the apartment and just trying to, you know. Yeah, Cookie was shit. Uh, um, I, I don't like this guy because he's cringy. Sure. I don't like his weird snapping joke. Yeah, that. I gotta fix my snapper. What the fuck does that mean? Is that because fifty so, slang for wiener? To, to explain that the I don't understand. to explain the context, Elvis says, "Yeah, you got to get this going." And then, like, he snaps his fingers. Chop, chop! He snaps his finger, and then our dude tries to snap his fingers, and he goes, "Oh no, I got to fix my snapper." But then the next scene, we see him. I think it's a joke for impotency. He does it again, but then it works. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Oh my god, it works!" I think it's a joke about impotency. Maybe. Sad. Imagine being in the sixties and you can't make a joke about wieners without having to set up this whole fucking thing about snapping your fingers or something. You know. It's good to live in today's world where you can just go up to guy and be like, oh, pee-pee, no work, boo-hoo, sad. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you, you, buddy, you get with Selena, and then I can have Azalea, and then everyone yeah. will be happy, I guess. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, that's great. That sounds amazing. And sure, sure, sure. And they just never talk about it ever again. And it doesn't really pay off? Like, there's no big wedding at the end or something? No, there's no wedding. There's no nothing. You don't, I'm pretty sure you don't even ever see them ever again. Together. Like, together. No, yeah. No. Who cares? We're off to Knoxville, yeah. which is apparently the bustling, you know, this is a big city. Ooh. Yeah. And we, for a second, we kind of just go out. We're like focusing on this reporter lady. She gets her own like side yeah. story for a second. Yeah. She's like, what's going on? There's some weird stuff going on at Big Smokey. I'm going to go investigate. Yeah. And then she shows up with her camera. But I, I was really shocked we didn't get like a shopping montage with the girls. We just get, they just return and they're already, they've already shopped. And then. I'm actually glad that there wasn't a shopping montage with the girls. Yeah, you're right. It probably would have gone on too long. Yeah. And you know what it would have been? It would have just been an excuse to shove in another song. So actually, yes. Yeah. Scrap it. Yeah, right? Just as well. Now, I've got a note about the bikinis. Okay. That I will throw in here. Well, number one, they're not real bikinis. No, they're not. That's correct. Because of the taboo of showing belly buttons at the time. Oh. So if you notice, yeah, specifically the bottoms are like way thicker. They're like diapers. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, that's also got to do with um, activewear fabrics not being totally accessible mm, yet to the market. Sure. Like activewear fabrics, as we know them today, like um, Lycra, that's that's the fabric that's used on bathing suits, didn't come around until like the 70s, 80s. So that stuff that you're seeing on them is actually a, a thicker kind of polyester material. And it, it does bunch up a lot like that. It, it's yeah, it doesn't very, look it's particularly comfortable. It's a very sturdy material. Yeah, no. Little... And of course, every, like people were really like self-conscious about women's bodies. Mm -hmm. So things like bathing suits had a lot of extra weird shit in it that it didn't need. Yes. Like a lot of layers, a lot of like, oh, this part would be the slip, but it can't be a slip because it's not a dress. It's a bathing suit, but you've got to have something there because otherwise she's naked underneath. Selena specifically has a little bow that is attached to the bottom part, which is covering over her belly button. Yeah. Which is just, okay. Strange. Yeah. Them's was the times. Yeah. God forbid, not in our Elvis movie. <laughs> Ruin the children. <laughs> 
Imagine showing like throngs of crazy women jumping out of the bush to literally sexually harass men and being like, oh, a belly button though? (laughs) That's going too far. Yeah. That's a bit too much. Exactly. So not only did they go shopping and get everything, but also while they were in Knoxville, the captain had Josh get a stenographer. Yeah. They didn't have someone to copy down their messages to base camp. They didn't have anybody who was capable of typing. Yeah. So we got Midge. She's the she's going to be there to do the typing and everyone hits on her and it sucks. Moving on. Yeah, it sucks. The halfway point happens when Oh yeah, they give out all the fan the, the city clothes to yep. the Kitty Hawks. They're like yes. cuz they got swarmed again. They're like, "Don't worry, we bought stuff for you too." Yeah. Cuz of course, the army said that they would put it on their tab and then it turns out, "What? Over $3,000?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis showed up was like, "Yeah, these girls only got 6 bucks in their pocket and they think it's a wild ride. You want to give me $20 and it'll soften them up and then maybe their mom and dad will let us buy their fucking property or whatever." Yeah. And the guy was like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." And then Elvis gets back and he's like, "Anyway, here's the bill." And then like leaves really fast and it's like $3,000 instead of 20 bucks. Uh, that was kind of But before they get back to base camp, that's when the reporter jumps out and she's like, "What's going on here? Yeah. Give me the scoop." And then he's like, "I'm yeah. not no taking photos." And then as he's pointing, she, she snaps a pic. Yeah. Cuz this I is supposed like to be part, yeah. I do like the part where she's like, "All right, girls, stand up and take a deep breath." <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Cuz this is supposed to be a top secret mission, of course. So we can't yeah, let that yeah, get out, but but it does. It's on the front page of the newspaper. Oh no. Anyways. Yeah. Everybody gets all mad. So eventually, yeah, like it gets back to the generals. The general's like, okay, I'm going to make my way down there. And then it's like, oh no, now we've got an even like quicker time crunch there. Why We have to get this figured out before he gets there or else, uh-oh. Right. We got to yeah. we gotta put the house back together before our parents get back from the party. That's <laughs> ah. the classic setup. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, yes. What happens after that? Jody plays possum in the road and Midge is driving a Jeep. Oh. Right. And then she's like, are you okay? And he's like, ah, get here. But then at least she like flips. She can wrestle better than he can. He's really, yeah. like, that's the thing. He says he's the top wrestler, yet he gets his ass handed throughout the yes. entire movie, which is Well, funny. let's talk about that, actually. Let's sure. talk about that, because it's actually very interesting. There's this concept in film that still persists today about the power dynamic between a man who says he wants a woman and a woman who says she doesn't want that man but in fact does mm-hmm. the good girl has to say no is it that's the trope right because she is expected by societal standards to say no even if she wants to say yes and that concept is persistent in lots of media still to this day and this is one of those examples is that she likes him and the way she's framed on screen with the camera and the way that they look at her face and the way she's supposed to express herself she's giving you the hint that she likes him and she's attracted to him but the concept here is that she's a good girl and she has to say no because otherwise she's irresponsible or a slut or wayward woman or something like that and they don't want to push that message onto the youth of America. You good girls don't put out. That's just how it is, right? You have to got to save it for marriage or whatever. And so that's where that weird dichotomy comes from. Bad news for America, though. The free love movement is just around the corner. And so yeah. that all goes out the window. <laughs> but interestingly, that framing device in media persists until today. Sure. There's still stuff today that we see that has that tinge of flavor behind that takes a takes a long time for the roots of oppression to be dismantled so it's just interesting yeah yeah interesting thing to bring up she flips them over enough times and then they end up in front of the the maw again that's one thing that i wanted to say yeah 
one more thing I want to say. Part of that framing device is also showing that the women are capable of not being assaulted. Yes. That's part of the framing device in these situations is showing that women have control and power over men when in fact the real situation would be exactly the opposite. So, anyway. okay, now I'm done. But she eventually flips them over into submission and then it's okay for them to make out and stuff. And then the ma's yes. there and she's like, Oh, it looks like you got a little sidetracked from your mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, then we enter the thing that pretty much continues for the rest of the movie, which is like, what happened to Pa? So we need to finish this talk with Pa, but yeah. where the heck is he? And this is when we can talk about uh, Hezekiah, the hound dog, who's a really good dog. <laughs> He's great. He's a good dog. He didn't need a duo with Mama. He didn't need to be you know, the side vocalist for that track. Very surprising. Yeah. By the way, this little old lady and her dog get a song. Yeah. No Elvis, no anybody else, just this little old lady making fucking moonshine gets to sing a song with her dog. I'm going to assume that the only reason this happened is because this lady ain't just any actress. We're going to talk about her. Ah. She's got a legacy to her. I see. Like, obviously, this is later in her career, you know, when the, about the time where you show up in an Elvis movie. Yeah. But back in the day, she was some real shit. On fire? All right. Yeah. I'm interested. So we continue. Where the heck is Papa? We got to find Papa. So then they start out a search party. And then there's a scene. This is pretty great. Where the search party gets picked off one by one by the kitty hawks. They're like jumping out of the bushes. So you see a line of them. And then the last guy in the line gets like taken out. Oh, yeah. Always get nabbed into the bush. And every time they do it, there's this little horn that goes. Ba -da, ba -da. <laughs> yes. And eventually they look behind them and they're like, wait, where the heck is our troop? Oh, my God. They've all been taken. Everybody's gone. Yeah. And then they catch Elvis. And they're like trying to wrestle with Elvis and trying to get him to put out. And and he's like, I'm really not interested. And like guys keep popping out of the bushes like enrobed in women. There was one guy that was like, just enjoy it, Elvis. <laughs> it was like, whoa, dude. Just go with it. Can you not just say it? <laughs> like, Jesus. There's like, a, and yeah. they keep popping out of the bushes and be like, it's fine, Elvis. Everything's fine. Don't worry about We're it. We're not that desperate to get away. Just let it happen, man. What's the matter? <laughs> just sit back and relax. Like, whoa, yikes. And poor Captain Salvo gets grabbed, but they aren't having it anyway, so he actually gets yeah, rejected. He gets thrown <laughs> back out of the bushes. I did like that, too. I did think that was funny. Just, to, I don't know. There's something funny about a, a wild group of rowdy girls being like, yeah, I want this handsome one and this handsome one. Ew, an old one. Yuck. And they <laughs> throw him out. <laughs> Shit. Eventually, they are able to form a plan where the Kitty Hawks will distract the general who's on his way, stop him from getting to where they are at their base camp. So they have enough time. And they will continue the search yeah. to find Papa, who it turns out and is... And I thought... Yes? I thought that meant that, like, the Kitty Hawks were going to go and, like, sexually harass the general. <laughs> but what it actually meant yeah. was she was going to stand in the middle of the woods and be like, uh, I think it's, uh, I think the way you're supposed to go is uh, that way. Yes. And then they leave for, like, an hour, and they're like, lady, we didn't find where we were supposed to go. And she was like, um, uh, I meant I that way. I supposed to go that way. And, like, oh, and they literally say, well, all right, here we go again. And then they drive off yeah. in the other direction. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so the... It turns uh, out where is Papa? Turns out Pappy yeah. is hanging hanging off of a, a branch over a gorge. Now I really want to talk about this scene. Sure. I really want to talk about Pappy's performance. Yes. In this scene, yes. I don't know if you noticed this, but his performance was fucking hilarious. It's amazing. And I don't think I don't think they meant it to be as funny as it is. 
I don't know what the director said to the actor. He's just I, riffing. I, like, I think, yeah, he was just going off. I feel like he went up to him and was just like, just act like a fucking idiot. And the guy was like, um, okay. And he's like, Elvis, are you there? Elvis? Elvis? I think, Elvis? yeah, the direction was probably just don't stop talking throughout the entire scene. Yeah. Just keep talking. Just say whatever. really funny. He's like, I'm ticklish, you know. I'm ticklish. He's if like, you whoa, don't whoa, do that, Elvis, whoa, do whoa. That, I'm going to be, I'm, whoa, I'm going to be ticklish. Because the, their operation is to like loop a rope around him and then everyone pulls to get him away from the edge. Also, this is, they mentioned this is Howling Devil's Gorge, which is Yeah, great. I also noticed that. Howling Devil's Gorge. <laughs> Gotta wonder, eh? And they're like, anchor the rope. And then they're like, anchored around this guy. And they have like a portly army man who's yeah. gonna like take it. So they wrap around his waist and he like pulls back. It's weird. They eventually save him. And then they're like, wow, this deserves a celebration. And then this is like a 20 to 25 minute long, the whole last party. part it's of the movie is just a giant hoedown. Songs and... Where there's like, they don't, it's, it's all choreographed, but they're not making a big show but of that- it. Yeah. It's just a big wide shot. And there's just like dudes who actually, you could tell they know how to dance and there's like stuff going on. But like there's a whole part where it just tracks on Elvis. And so in the background, those guys are still just going like at 110%, but like the camera doesn't even care. It's not even paying attention. It's weird. Weird. Yeah. I remember like that was the point in the movie where I was like, I don't know if I want to keep watching this anymore. Yes. I'm like, you're losing me, movie. Please wrap this up quick. Come on. Yeah. Get it together. And they just keep singing and singing and singing and singing. Yeah. They sing about like they do a like a a hip bone connected to the whatever bone, but it's about oh, the toes. Yeah. It's the toes. And some guy goes toe and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, we get like the baritone is like, the big toe. And you're like, okay. Toes. Yeah. Great. All right, whatever you say. Thank you very much. Eventually, all the characters all appear together. So the general shows up. He's like, what's going on here? And mean, oh yeah, meanwhile, the, the Pappy and Salbo had like a drinking contest and Salbo just like freaking is out. He drank too much yeah. moonshine. Yeah. And then Pappy and Josh have a little checkers game where the the final like talk, heart, head-to-head like talking it out. Yep. Which is but where we he's... find out that Elvis doesn't know how to play checkers. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. But he's... Papa, Pappy still won't budge. And then Ma is the one, of course, who eventually is just like, Pappy, just freaking let them use the land, whatever. And we're, we're no. going to get a thousand... Hmm? No, no, that's not what happened. What happened was Pappy decided that he wasn't going to sell the land after talking with Elvis over their checkers game. And then Elvis went up to him after like everybody had tried to get him to sell it. Sure, it like, oh, yes, uh, the, yes. The, the captain showed up and I think the girls and the mom showed up. I'm not sure. But eventually Elvis went up and like whispered something in his ear and then he was like, okay, I'll let the land go. Yes, because he he's like, whisper, whisper, if we agree to some demands, then that means you will not be bothered by anyone from the government. Yeah. Implying not just army people, but like auditors or like anything like that. Ah, I see. And so the, that's when the pappy's like, well, why didn't you just say that in the first place? Yeah. We'll never be bothered again. Yeah. And then they sing another song and then Elvis and Elvis's cousin and everybody else's cousin and all the other people kiss each other. And then Pappy and the captain hold up a VN sign as yeah, the camera tracks out. They're literally holding one part as the one part end and then they shake hands and it's like, Yeah, what? they shake hands. And the camera just yeah, it was really trucks weird. out. Yeah. And that's the so movie. That was- that's our movie. That's the weird movie that we watched. Um, it, it wasn't the worst movie to get through. There have been way worse movies. Yes. It's fun. It's definitely something that you could throw on with some popcorn and some friends and probably get a, a couple of laughs out of at least. Sure. Shall we talk songs? Yeah, they were all bad. I mean, of That's course. It. Oh, oh, but let's talk about the, the lady and the dog. 
I guess. Well, we'll go. We'll do the cast, but I want to do the songs first. Oh, we'll okay. just I'll just rattle them off once again. Yep, we got and yep ten songs. There were three additional songs, but they were cut. Good. Okay, Kissing Cousins. Bad. Smoky Mountain Boy. Bad. There's Gold in the Mountains. Bad. One Boy, Two Little Girls. Bad. Real bad. Catching on Fast. Bad. Tender Feeling. Bad. Tender Feeling is the first one that Jody sings. Oh, right. For the, lo- for the longest time, it's just Josh being Elvis singing. But I'm like, hey, look, looks like one Elvis can sing just as well as the other because Jody gets a song. Right. Yeah. The, the problem with these songs is that they're all really honky tonked up. Well, of course. And not not in the not in a good way. No. Like it, you can take a song and like countrify it and make it all honky donkey honky honky who and you can do it. It can be done and it can be done in a sensible way and it can be done to align with Elvis's style of singing. It's it's fucking possible. But for some reason whoever was in charge of the music and God help me if it was Elvis. It's never Elvis. They really weren't thinking with their thinking hat on this time because they were just like maybe if we put some fiddles in it and maybe it'll work and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Surprise. So yeah, tender feeling. Then Pappy won't you please come home, which is the big number that Ma gets. Yeah. With the dog accompanying her howling. Mm-hmm. Barefoot ballad. Bad. Once is enough. Bad. And then a kissing cousins take two to close it out. Yeah, it was all bad. Yes. The, the reason why, like, also I'm not enjoying some of these movies as much is because I'm not getting Elvis songs that I recognize anymore. And I'm hoping that that's going to change. But this is a double-edged sword because you said hearing... I is, hate an El- Return to Sender was in a really shitty movie. Yes. Hearing a really good song in a really bad movie is, like, just as bad as... It also sucks. ...having all suck. crap songs in a f- whatever movie. Yes, it's true. But what entertains me about Elvis is the fact that I like his music so much. That's fair. And if I don't like any of the music in any of his movies, then what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> Why am I doing this podcast? <laughs> Hopefully, I don't know, we'll get We're another... We're only halfway through. Can you believe it? But we are halfway through, officially now. I know. Which is an accomplishment. It is. But it's, I'm scared, Matt. I know. I'm scared that every movie we're going to watch after this is just going to be a really bad movie. We know, though. We just got to set our expectations so low. <sighs> and God forbid if we we still are disappointed, <laughs> even if they're all like we can't go any lower and it's worse than Girls, Girls, Girls. Yeah. Let me rattle off the three songs that weren't in there. Just because okay. they were recorded, so you could probably find them on some like compilation somewhere. Right. And I don't know what they sound like, but maybe they're fine. Whatever. I bet they sound bad. One is called... Anyone could fall in love with you. There's one called Echoes of Love, and there's one called It's a Long, Lonely Highway. Hmm. Okay, moving on. This movie is an MGM movie. Yep. And I know we already discussed this last time that this actually technically came out before Viva Las Vegas, so March 6, 1964. Right. But we've already committed to it, and we're just going to go by production order now. Yeah. So if one movie was filmed first, that's the movie that goes first in our timeline. Yeah. Who directed this movie? I'll tell you in a second. Before I forget, I just... I'm pretty sure we talked about how A Hard Day's Night came out in 1964, the first Beatles movie. Yes. We, we spoke of this last week, I think. Yes. I didn't have the chance. We ran out of time. I didn't talk about the three top grossing movies of 64. Oh, right. It will be relevant just because this movie got nominated for something. Oh. I know. The screenplay, actually. Oh. The screenplay? A, yes. The Writers Guild of America nominated it for screenplay award for best musical. Why? I don't know why they do these things. Why? I don't know. You can't, <laughs> I don't have the answers. I just tell me why. It's perplexing. Yeah, it is. It's weird. But it lost out to the top grossing movie of 1964, which was Mary Poppins. Ah, good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. <laughs> 
And you know, the second highest grossing movie of that year was My Fair Lady. So boom, boom. Right, right. And the third highest grossing. Go ahead. Go ahead with the third highest grossing. Goldfinger. So more Bond was happening. Oh, I see. That's it. I'm only talking the top three. Yeah, just to keep in mind, by now, the movie industry is starting to have weird feelings about musicals. Yes. Right? They're still making, this is still okay times. It's making money. Yeah. But just so the general audience knows, the musical was for a long time part of the backbone of major Hollywood films and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then during the 60s and 70s, a lot of studios restructured themselves in the way that they market and produce movies. And this had a huge impact on musicals, which started to become out of public favor. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see, I wonder, like, I'm just interested to see how that cynicism towards musicals is going to affect, if it will affect at all, how they film Elvis movies. I wonder if there'll be a change. Because we, we spoke of this. Devices yes. for music. And- we spoke specifically of a past episode, the um, Movies at a Revolution, that book. Mm-hmm. And it was 1967 which was the year that the original Dr. Doolittle came out and flopped hard. Yeah, it flopped so hard that people got like people got really scared and were like holy fucking shit. Yeah, they're like whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> let's put a break on We're gonna die. Yeah, let's pause big budget big musicals. Yeah. Cuz things are times are changing. Yeah. So all the movies that Elvis makes post 67, we shall see. Yeah, we're going to find out how that goes. It'll be interesting. Okay, the director of this movie is Gene Nelson. Okay. Who was actually an actor and dancer oh. before he went into directing. In the 50s, he actually co-starred with Doris Day and Virginia Mayo in multiple films between 1950 and 53. All right. And he played the role of Will Parker in the film version of Oklahoma in 1955. Hmm. But then he transitioned into directing. Yeah. And he didn't do too many movies. This was one of them. And surprise, he also directed Harem Scarum. Oh, no. Oh, good gravy. Let's not think about it too much. We won't think about it right now. But uh, another thing that maybe is in his favor, it's actually also the same screenwriter. Oh. So, well, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I just want to say the movie that came out the same year as this that he also directed, 1964's Your Cheatin' Heart, which was a Hank Williams biopic. Yeah. Starring George Hamilton as Hank Williams. Mm. And the cinematographer of this movie, moving on to him, also worked on that movie as well. So I guess he had like a kind of a crew. That explains so much about the country, though, now. Yeah. (laughs) That explains so much. Like, (laughs) Jesus. So the cinematographer is named Ellis W. Carter. Yeah. He did the cinematography on The Incredible Shrinking Man in 1957, which is a really underrated... It's a great movie. It's a great sci-fi movie and (laughs) is actually getting added to the Criterion Collection in October. Very cool. So I'm pre-ordering that Blu-ray. What are we talking about now? What about the... uh... Screenwriter, yes. (laughs) I was about to move on to that. He's Canadian? He is, born in Winnipeg. Wow. And there's another actor in here who was born in Brandon, Manitoba. Oh. So we got two Manitoba wow. boys involved wow. in this production. That's crazy. That's weird. Um, what the hell's b- going on out in Manitoba? Beats me. I've never been. Yeah. Gerald Drayson Adams. Yeah. He's the writer. So he gets the story by credit, and he also wrote the screenplay with Gene Nelson. Ah. They collaborated. Okay. What does he do for a living? He writes. As far as I know, there's nothing actually noteworthy. Oh, really? I don't have to spend long. Lots of B-movies, lots of Westerns. Oh, I see. But nothing, no Oscar nominations, nothing. So that's okay, because, you know, honestly, it, it becomes more and more disheartening every time we do an Elvis movie where, like, some, like, Academy Award winners are involved. Yeah, it is disheartening. And it's fine that this is just, like, a guy who just, 
he just wrote you know b movies that's fine because that's what elvis movies are yeah i i feel like that's how elvis movies should be like it is sad when when there's people in the movies and they're like really talented and you're like oh no you have to write an elvis movie now i'm so sad for you so that's all i have to say about that okay and there's no alternate titles per se okay but i am going to point out the movie was released in germany as the wild women of tennessee that's what they should have stuck with they should have gone with that instead of kissing cousins and in portugal it was released under the title the ranch of love <laughs> um so who else is in this movie we didn't talk about the actors yeah we didn't talk about it. we're gonna talk about it now okay and i don't have to talk about any uncredited people you'll be glad to hear oh thank god so pappy tatum yeah is played by arthur o'connell who played pop quimper in follow that dream I see. So this is the second time he's playing an old father figure, an old pappy. An old hillbilly father figure. Yes, yeah, specifically. Strange. That's yeah. that really that's why I said Oh it. god, you know what I'm just realizing now? Yes. In the fucking in the house that he lives in, there's a toilet right beside his rocking chair. That he's using as just I'm like an end now, table, yeah. as like a little table. Oh, I wonder now if that isn't a little aside to his toilet jokes in uh Kudos to you, Morgan. Yeah, I That's did the it. kind of insignificant detail I would bring up. And you did it. <laughs> I'm learning! <laughs> did you recognize Captain Robert Salbo? No. He's Jack Albertson, who played Grandpa Joe in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I didn't recognize him. I didn't. And a weird thing about having both of these old gents in the same movie is that they actually have really similar facial features. Oh, weird. And they were usually confused with one another. So it's actually very strange. That they're in the same. That is weird. Yeah. Hmm. It almost seems like they were going to do some kind of bit with that mm -hmm. in the same way that there's like twin Elvises. But and then this one, oh. they could have been like. But I think this was just an idea of just having like two sides of the same coin or something. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. Who else played in this movie? Well, I wasn't done with Jack Albertson. Oh. Because he's a Tony winner and an Oscar winner for the same role. Oh. The supporting role of John Cleary in the 1964 stage production of The Subject Was Roses was made into a 1968 film and he reprised his role. So he won the Tony Award for the play and the Oscar for the film version. Nice. His final film was the voice role of Amos Slade in The Fox and the Hound in 1981. Oh, interesting. So more... Disney voice acting I see. from from alumni from Elvis movies. Mm. I just want to say that other than being together in this movie, the only other time they co-starred together was in the Poseidon Adventure. Oh. But they didn't actually share any scenes in that movie, I think. Oh. Okay. Okay, let's talk about Ma Tatum. Yeah, who is she? Glenda Farrell. Who is that? She personified the smart and sassy wisecracking blonde in many classic Hollywood films in the 30s. Oh. She was a contract player with Warner Brothers, and she originated the role they made... So there was this character named Torchy Blaine. She was a daring female reporter in a series of movies in, for Warner Brothers. Later credited by Jerry Siegel as being the inspiration, the direct inspiration for Lois Lane in the Superman comics. Oh, interesting. So between 1937 and 39, they made nine Torchy Blaine movies. She was the star of seven out of the nine. Oh. There was two of them where they had a different actress. Okay. But like when they, people think of Torchy Blaine, they obviously think of her, Glennick Farrell. Wow. So, yeah. Did she play in any other movies or just in Torchy Blaine movies? She was in Little Caesar, the 1931 movie with Edward G. Robinson, the like gangster, the pre-code crime right. movie there. Right. So a lot of stuff like that back then. Okay. Who's next? Then we have the two ladies. Yeah. The returning ladies. Yes. It's the matchup yeah. of Sandy from Blue Hawaii versus Dorothy from It Happened at the World's Fair. Right. And Elvis chooses Dorothy. I also... I just wanted to point out that the chemistry between Elvis and 
I can't remember her name. Yvonne Craig. Was pretty spicy. Yeah. So who else played in this movie? We got Midge. Yeah. She's cute. Cynthia Pepper is the one who plays Midge. Okay. Only has 22 credits. Not much of a filmography. Lots of TV. She had the title role for a one-season, 26-episode show called Margie in 6162. So she played the titular Margie. Weird. And now I can also say that she appeared in season two, episode 18 of The Flying Nun. my dreams she haunts me i brought it up just because (laughs) i knew it would piss you off all over again it's totally worth it i hate it i know i hate it why why did they make it why did they make so much of it who's watching it why did you watch it i didn't what's the matter with you i have not seen a single episode of the flying nun god damn it remember after i'm done watching the entirety of murder she wrote i'll watch all of the flying nun (laughs) God, God, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I know. Who else is in this movie? Three more people, and then we're done. Okay. We got the general. Yeah? He's the one who was born in Brandon, Manitoba. Okay. Actor Donald Woods. He played the character of David Farrelly, a tertiary character in Watch on the Rhine, which was the movie that Paul Lucas was in front of Acapulco as Maximilian Dauphin. He won the Oscar for that movie. Oh. There. Ooh, it all comes together. Also... He had a co-starring role in a short film in 1945 called Star in the Night, which was kind of a retelling of the nativity, but like in present day, 40s. Yeah. It was the directorial debut of Don Siegel, who directed Flaming Star. Oh. Star in the Night won the Oscar for Best Short Subject, which is not something we mention very often, but like the, the whole like short films Oscars were around just as long as the, you know, Oscars have been around. It's, it was a category right. very early on, so. Yeah. And then the guy who plays the buddy, he's Tommy Farrell. He's the son of Glenda Farrell, who plays Ma Tatum. So weird. It's strange. They, they co-starred in a few movies together. But he had his own career. He has like 113 credits on IMDb. That's too many. Yeah. Just kidding. It's a good amount. I'm not going to actually point out anything he was in because it was mostly good. like small bit parts and things. And there was nothing that really jumped out. Well, as long as it wasn't a goddamn flying nun. That's fine with me, man. I just want to also point out his character's name is Master Sergeant William George Bailey, and George Bailey is the main character in It's a Wonderful Life. uh, Yeah. Weird. It's weird. This is the last. I've saved the best for last, surprisingly. Okay. So Trudy, who's the leader of the Kitty Hawks, she's like super interesting. Yeah. The actress is Beverly Powers. She was a burlesque stripper dancer. Nice. She went by the stage name Miss Beverly Hills. (laughs) That's funny. She was actually an uncredited showgirl in Viva Las Vegas. Oh. And is going to make a future uncredited appearance in another Elvis film. But this is the only one where um, she gets a credited role. I'm excited. She was really fun. I really liked her. She was great. I, yeah, she was really fun. I, I really like burlesque dancers in general. Like, they have a certain wit about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, um, and especially, like, um, older movies like this, you see women who are, like, they have to be nice and they have to be good. And whenever a burlesque or or even most dancers who get onto the screen are like, look, we're all here to stare at, you know, boobies and butts. So let's not be such childish little pink baby faces about it. You know, let's exactly let's look at some tits and ass for Christ's sake. Yeah, she was given Yvonne Craig a run for her money. She had the cleavage of the movie, oh, yeah. I gotta say. Oh, yeah. Holy geez. If it was a contest, she, she'd be winning. Yeah, she would be winning for sure. Also, there's just like something in an Elvis movie about a really rough, rowdy girl who's like, come here, you army boy. I'm going to get you. It's just fun. It's nice to see it, you know, a little more positive, positively 
looked upon. But for the third time now in the history of this podcast, we can point out someone yes. who left showbiz. Yeah. She became a pastor. Oh my fucking God. She moved. So in 87. She, she became a pastor? Yes. That's amazing. She wrote an autobiography in 2014 called Passing the Baton of Light, colon, Saving a Family Tree, oh. where she um, describes, among many other things, so she had some kind of religious experience in 87. She moved to Maui. She founded the Living Ministry, and she pastored for 25 years before retiring in 2011 to devote her time to writing. That is bizarre. What a what an amazing life. I know. That's crazy. I want to get my hand on a copy of that just to like read the passages where she talks about working on an Elvis movie. <laughs> Or three Elvis movies. True. Then we're just going to quick... We've mostly covered these factoids. Yeah. This one is on multiple IMDb trivia pages, so I don't know when it was first... What movie it's actually attributed to. But allegedly, once again, who knows where the source is on this. Yes. Allegedly, a studio executive once quipped, why do we bother to give these movies titles? Couldn't they just be numbered? Yeah. They should be numbered. They should be. I mean, we're numbering them as we go along. Right. So... We're, yeah, doing the, we're doing the work. <laughs> I'm also of the opinion they should stop trying to name him. They should just call him Elvis. Exactly. It should just be Elvis. I think the movies would be a lot more fun. Way more fun. Elvis stars in Elvis movie number 15. Yeah. I'd go see that. And it would be a lot more fun. Yeah. Because he would show up and every single time he'd show up to be like, wait a minute, are you Elvis? And he'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, nice. And then the movie would just continue. Yeah. So we talked about the screenplay getting nominated for a thing. The only thing that I haven't brought up, and most critics at the time focused in on this, so the, the parallels between this film and the story arc of Little Abner. Do you know about Little Abner? Um, is it a one about a dog? Little... No, it was a comic strip about a bunch of hillbillies that was turned into uh... a movie. Both stories featured the military wanting to utilize the property the family's own. Yeah. They both have big dumb sons. The woods are filled with wild, nubile young girls named Kitty Hawks in Cousins and Hawkins in Lil Abner. I see. Both families have strong mothers and ineffectual fathers, last name Tatum in Cousins, Yoakum in Abner. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty much like a direct ripoff. Oh, do you want to hear some contemporary reviews? Fine. Howard Thompson of the New York Times wrote, With the flavor of fun in Acapulco, and that it was, was fairly fresh, Elvis Presley's movie status takes a nosedive in his latest Kissing Cousins. Yeah. The production is tired, strained, and familiar stuff, even with double-barreled Presley. Mm. Variety wrote, This new Elvis Presley concoction is a pretty dreary effort, one that particularly won't <laughs> replenish the popularity of Sir Swivel. Oh, no. That's sad. I didn't know that that was a nickname that they gave him, Sir Swivel. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Presley needs and merits more substantial material than this if his career is to continue to flourish as it did in the past. The primary criticism was the business of bursting into song out of context in the middle of a scene, mm -hmm. which used to be reasonably acceptable to audiences, but now is beginning to devolve into an anachronism. Yes. Which was what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Real quick, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. You can watch it and you can enjoy it. But we recommend a healthy dosage of alcohol and or other... Yeah, get your best moonshine. Yeah. And have a grand old hootenanny. Get your dog that for some reason needs to be included in actual verbal conversation with you at all times. And you will enjoy this movie as much as I did. Yeah. It's not that bad. No, I'll agree. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. There weren't any, you know, native people, so I'm, I'm good. Tune in next week to the Halfway There special <laughs> where we shall perhaps bother to rank all 15 movies. At the very least, we're going to be ranking the names. Yes. 
So thanks again, everyone who's out there listening, who's who's on this journey with us, <laughs> who's putting up with all of this. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for that. And you can find us at Elvis's Left Pod. We are on Twitter. Yeah. And now we're going to give a shout out to one of our newest followers, Des Widmore. Thanks, Des Widmore. Who, in response to uh, our Fun and Acapulco episode, replies with saying, love the pod and I'm not a boomer. It's good to know that the young fans are on our side. We love you very much. And we like the boomers too. So as always, we shall say, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you very much. much.